Hi guys, I'm so excited to talk to you tonight. Um, I think tonight especially um, is actually like anointed and it's blessed because I have been, I've been praying about this um, talk for you guys and there's just something like different about it that I haven't like seen before and he's just pursuing you and like fiercely. And I just want to preface that like he is in fierce pursuit of your life and how you live it. And um, we have an intercessory team. I've gotten like a lot of people to pray for you. Like right now, they're like actively interceding for you. Um, my mom canceled tennis to come intercede for you tonight. So that's also awesome. You want to learn how to be a missionary? That's my mom. <laughs> She's living a missionary life. Um, and then also, I want to just say thank you because you are here. Like you showed up. Thank you. This is awesome. Like you've already said yes to mission already. Like by being here, because like you, that means if you're here, you care about the church, you care about it spreading, you care about the gospel spreading, and you care about people knowing who Jesus is. So thank you for already saying yes. Like, this is huge. Like, look at this room. Like, this is, we're more, like, we're, our number is bigger than the apostles. Like, we're, this is awesome. Like, this is awesome. <laughs> so, like, we're doing great. Um, and I also want to, like, just say, like, I don't know if you've heard that saying, like, if Paul were here, the United States would be getting a letter. And it's, like, all these different things. But it's, like, I think that's meant to say that, like, he would, like, chastise the heck out of us, which is probably true. But I think more than that, he would actually encourage you and he would rally you that you're here. Because, like, you are the church. Like, this, like, this is us. We are the church. And I just want to, like, encourage you, like, the saints and, the like, the cloud of witnesses is, like, rallying you. And I'm rallying you. And I have, like... It's so interesting, like, oh my gosh, like, living, like, Christ, like, life with Christ is a wonderful adventure is actually so true. Like, it's not just cute, it's true. Like, it's so <laughs> true. Like, somebody, like, came up to me, I did, I've known him, like, my whole life, and he's probably, like, my dad's age, and he came up to me one time, like, just, like, a couple days ago, and he's like, Ellie, I just want to, like, let you know that I support what you do, and, like, let us know if you need anything, and just, like, he was just supporting, like, who? Where's this coming from? This is awesome. What is happening? But it's like, that's how the saints are just rallying you. Like, I rally you. Thank you for being here. So, um, I wanted to also share this story. Um, I was at Seek a couple, like, I don't know, a couple days ago, I guess. That's wild. Um, and my friend was getting into this Uber, and her driver was um, this guy from Palestine. And she's like, why are there, why are these people taking over our city? Like, this is wild. I'm like, who are you? And she's talking about like, oh, we're like a Catholic conference and there's like 22,000 of us and all these different things. And he's like, are you serious? Like, that's awesome. Cause I'm a Christian from Palestine. And he's like, he's just shared, like he just started sharing his heart with my friend and how he's like, like, we need y'all. Like the church needs you. And he's like, I think he told us, he's like, I think that revival is going to come from the states back east. Like, he was like, he's like banking on y'all. Like, the people who are actually under persecution, the people who, like, proclaiming Jesus' name, it, it costs, like, a lot. It costs their life. It costs their family's life. They're, like, banking on us. And they're rallying us to go spread the gospel. And so, um, I want to, I that's what we're going after tonight. And I'm so excited um, but I was also talking to another friend. She's actually here. Hey, Bella. And we were talking about, um, and we were at like a, a retreat and we're talking about like our summer mission experiences. And we were just kind of sh like sharing like all of our incredible experiences and like what changes. And she like so beautifully asked me like, Ellie, since you've been back, like, have you, do you live every day like a missionary? And I was like, let me think about that. 
And I was like, oh my gosh, that's a heavy question. And I was like, let me think about it. And I like, just thought, I was like, oh, Holy Spirit, do I live my life like a missionary? And like, it just came out my mouth that like, I just said, I don't think I could not live my life like a missionary anymore. And it wasn't coming out of a place of like self-righteousness. It was coming out of a place that like, after I've seen who he is and what he can do and what he set me free from and what he set other people free from, I don't think I could deny that. Like, I don't think I could live any differently than to live as a missionary. So um, that's where we're kind of going to go after is like peeling back that like layer of like our superficial desires, our temporary comforts and all those different things and peeling it back and like getting to the root of it. Cause like I could be here all day long giving you like really practical tips about like how do you start your morning with Jesus and how do you get like in the middle of your day with Jesus and how do you spend your night with Jesus? I'm not doing that. We're gonna go straight to the bottom of it. And so, um, <laughs> we don't have time. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, so we're gonna peel that back. And for my type A friends, I do have practical steps for you to this whole time. So, um, cause I see you, you're amazing. Um, so, there is an encyclical by St. John Paul II called Redemptoris Missio, and he says, Reading the Acts of the Apostles help us to recognize that at the beginning of the church, the mission, ad gentes, to the, to the nations, while it had missionaries dedicated for life by a, special work, by a special vocation, it was in fact considered the normal outcome of Christian living, to which every believer was committed through the witness of personal conduct through explicit proclamation whenever possible. So JP2 is laying it on his heart and saying, this is the bare minimum, y'all. Like, this is who we're called to be. It's in our DNA as a church, as our DNA as baptized Christians, to go out on mission. And if you look at, like, the early church, um, if you see, like, someone's a Christian, they're also a disciple and a missionary. And if somebody's a missionary in the early church, they're also a disciple and a Christian. And they're a disciple, like, all three kind of, like, just go together. It's just, like, a given. And so I think we should like bring that back and like renew our minds of like what it actually means to just fully live out as a Christian because it means like to live both. Um, also in Evangelii Gladium, um, paragraph 120 by Pope Francis, he says every Christian is a missionary to the extent that he or she has encountered the love of God in Christ Jesus. We no longer say that we are disciples and missionaries, but rather we say that we are missionary disciples. If we are not convinced, let us look at the first disciples, who immediately after encountering the gaze of Jesus, went forth to proclaim him joyfully. And we, this is um, from, oh, this is from John. We have found the Messiah. They go and they proclaim that. The Samaritan woman became a missionary immediately after speaking with Jesus, and many Samaritans came to believe him because of the woman's testimony. And we see this the same with Paul. Like, he gets blinded off that the horse, and then he, like, he just goes, he just does stuff. Like, he just goes and does stuff. And, um, and I'm, like, been, like, working with middle schoolers or high schoolers or college students and beyond and, like, adults and people who are, like, my parents' age. There's, there's a difference between, like, being a Christian and a missionary, like, on the clock and, like, living it every day. And, like, I've, like, wrestled with that. Like, what is the difference? And, um, just looking through the catechism, looking through scripture, it's very clear that it's actually just living up the reality of our baptism. Like, everyone just say that with me, because we're going to be like, one, two, three, reality. Reality. Yeah, it's a reality. Oh, that's so fun. Okay, but, um, it's a reality. Like, it's not cute. It's not a nice gesture that we're baptized. Like, it's not just like a fun little gesture. It's a reality. Like, something changed when you were baptized. And, like, 
it, it means something. Like, what does that actually mean? We hear it in, like, all of the homilies. We hear it, like, in all of our Catholic schools or whatever and being catechized. But what does that actually mean? And I remember when I, when I first encountered the Lord and people were, like, talking about, like, yeah, I'm, like, baptized Christian and I have, like, priest, prophet, and king. But I'm like, what the heck does that even mean? Because nobody's living it. Like, I don't know what that means. Because, like, something, something radically changes when you are baptized. And so... I mean, if you're here, you probably know what that is. But it's like, when you're baptized, you have an indelible mark on your soul that say whose you are and who you are. And from that, it's like, if we know whose we are, because we're made in God's image, we know who we are. We have to first know who God is if we ever want to know who we are. And, um, and like, the word indelible, it comes from the word I wrote down. It means, the Latin root is indelibilis, indelibilis. And that means indestructible. Like the mark that God has put on your soul, it's indestructible. It cannot be erased. No one can take it from you. Even, even if you don't want it, you can't take it away. Congratulations, you've been liberated. Like you have eternal life. Like you have been, you, you have become like a citizen of heaven now. Like that should change a lot. And so it's like, even when we've been baptized and we've been like claimed for Christ, it's like, that's awesome. But wait, there's more. Like, he wants to give you, like, his living spirit and breath within you. And then after that, there's more. He wants to give you the spirit's gifts. And after that, there's more. He wants you to participate in, like, the salvation story of the world. Like, who are we to have that privilege? Like, being baptized, being a baptized Christian is not an obligation. It's a gift. And we, I think we need to start acting like it. And it kind of changes everything. And when we're thinking about, like, oh, I'm like so unqualified and everything. I'm like, awesome, we all are. I'm so unqualified. But it's like, he, when, when Christ died for you, he gave his entire self. Like he could have given like a drop of his blood. I think the saint said that like a drop of Christ's blood would have been enough. But he's given like his entire, like the entire Christ has been given for you. So when you're out on mission and you don't have enough, like Lord, I need your body to be like a living sacrifice because I don't know how to suffer. You have his body as your food, and you need his protection from, like, the, the spirit of the world. You have his blood as your drink. Like, what are we doing? And if you need his spirit and his inspiration, you have his spirit. And if you need his mind, you have his mind. Because you're also baptized priest, prophet, and king. So, like, prophet, he, he allows us to see with his mind when he was, which is a beautiful thing. It's amazing. But, like, like congratulations. We cannot lose in mission. Like, we cannot lose. We have everything we need. And I want to share this verse. It's from Romans 8, 37 through something, uh, 39. It says, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ our Lord. Those are fighting words, y'all. Those are fighting words. Like what, like what is stopping us from living big lives? Like what, why would we ever live like small, like selfish lives? Why would we do this? If this is the truth and we believe it, why would we live any differently? And so I want to just like, like just peel back this reality of our baptism and it shows like who God is and who shows who we are through that. And so it's like, 
our, our identity has to come first, y'all, in mission. Like, if you want to go out on mission and you want to share like, who Jesus is and who God is, first of all, you have to know who God is, and you have to know who you are to ever be able to tell these people the truth about who they are. Like, we're never going to, like, we, if we don't know who God is, we don't know who we are, we're not going to change anything. And also, um, speaking, identity, <laughs> speaking into identity, if, like, if you want to change the world, you can't give a crap about what the world like says about you you know like you have to find your identity through the father and so um yeah just going through that it's identity first also there's a a passage in Acts 17 yeah Acts 17 and um there's like the ruler of the synagogue he has three sons and the three or no seven sons still a lot more than that he's got seven sons and he hears Paul preaching that they can like drive out demons in the name of Jesus Christ and they're like okay, let's try it. <laughs> and so they, like, go to this person's house who's, like, obviously, like, under the spirit of um, the enemy. They go, and they try to drive out the demon, and the demon says back to them, like, I know God, I know Jesus, and I know Paul who preached it, but who are you? And they, the, the guy attacked him, and they drove them all out. So it's like, identity is important. Like, who are you then? Oh, I know who I am, because I know who my father says I am. Like, it's so important to know who we are if we ever want to go into mission. Um, and then it's like, also, when we are baptized, priest, prophet, and king, we have to know who God is as priest, prophet, and king. And so, when we're baptized, yes, we are cleansed with holy water. The, the stain from original sin from our first fathers are erased, and we have another chance at eternal life. But something that we often skipped is that you're anointed with holy chrism oil by like you're anointed you are anointed with holy oil as priest prophet king it means something right so like use like i want to encourage like use your gifts like gifts aren't supposed to like thank you i love that i'm gonna stick it in a closet never use it again <laughs> like the person giving that gift probably won't like feel like you liked it <laughs> like and they're like, oh, awesome. They look like if they stuck in a closet and they never use it because they don't want to mess it up. Like, no. Like, that's not how gifts are used. So, like, use your gifts. Um, I could make a whole nother talk about priest, prophet, and king. But I'm just going to encourage you, like, read the scripture and see who God is, as Jesus is, priest, prophet, and king. And, like, see what happens because it's a ride. It's so fun. Um, yeah. And also, just going off of, wait, I think I said something yeah and so um just going through like a few practicals um and then we're gonna go into like some like gameplay things so these are like if you have like your phone or like a piece of paper or a pen on you like write these down because these are awesome um look at like seven seven just points and marks of a missionary and then we're gonna go into like actually game planning it so the first thing is um when you're going out into mission to a people or to like your your nation, like when St. John Paul II was talking about like mission to the like mission to the nations. Like where is your nation? It's like whenever you're going to your nation, first first point, you have to let your heart break for those people. And not be afraid to let your heart break because like we are so united in the suffering of that in Christ. And it's like a whole nother depth that we wouldn't be able to get any other way. But it's like if you you have you have no business being in ministry for people your heart does not break for. If your heart does not break for those people, 
please find another job or sit with the Lord. Like, like we have no business doing, like we have no business being there. Because if we're supposed to bring the Father's heart to these people and we can't even let our heart break for them, we're gonna do a lot more damage than we ever do them. Um, also, the thing to like really exercise that, like an activation to let your heart break is to like intercede for these people. So it's like, whether like you're in your community, intercede for them, whether you're gonna go to like Germany, intercede for them like when you're not even there. Like you can go anywhere, but like start interceding for them and let your heart break. Um, the second thing is know your advocate. You have an advocate, his name is the Holy Spirit. He's the best one around, you can't find one any better. He's awesome, but like know your advocate. And you also have no business being in ministry if you do not know the Holy Spirit and you do not call upon him. Because it's like in um, in all these encyclicals, like I think it's St. John Paul too, he says that he is the, Holy Spirit is the principal agent of mission. He's the principal agent of mission. And also, if you're not if you're not calling upon the Holy Spirit and His wisdom and His words, whose gospel are you preaching? Like it could be your gospel very well. If you're if you're not plugged in to heaven, you could be preaching your own gospel. Um, and like this, this is also just like another way to just like healthily combat this is just pray about like Holy Spirit is your advocate. We're not advocating for the Holy Spirit. Like he doesn't need us. He wants us, which is even better. Yay. But it's like he like he is advocating for you. Entrust it and rely on him. Um, and call upon him for everything. I've seen weird stuff happen. I've seen like food multiply sometimes, like weird stuff happens. I've seen like, yeah, just call upon him and know your advocate. He's amazing. Um, this kind of goes off of that last point is always having an ear to heaven. Always have an ear to heaven. Like, when I'm in conversation with somebody, I'm listening to them, and I'm talking to the Lord at the same time, and saying, like, okay, Lord, like, I've gotten this privilege, and this person is trusting me enough to trust their heart to me, but, like, I don't want, I don't, like, I want to take care of their heart, so, like, all, like, always ask the Holy Spirit, like, what do they need to hear? Like, what are you trying to tell them? Why have they come to me, of all people, to, like, to, for consolation, for, like, direction? So always having an ear to heaven is number three. So let your heart break. Two, know your advocate. Three, always have an ear to heaven. Um, read the scriptures. Number four, read scripture and know the gospel well. So in, in scripture, it says it all right here. Missionaries and disciples go and they proclaim the word of Jesus Christ. And they go and they spread the gospel. But if we don't know what the gospel is, what are we proclaiming? Like, what are, what are we doing? Is it just like like feel good words is it just like stuff that we've experienced that like oh this has helped me in the past but the the world needs the gospel not like ellie's past experiences you know so read scripture and know the gospel well what is the gospel just like just i've been praying with that for so long i'm like lord what is the gospel like so many people like preach and they're like this is the gospel this is the gospel this is gospel and it could be just like it, it is so vast and it's so beautiful and so complex but it's also um, very simple and very powerful. But just know the gospel so you know what you're preaching. Um, number five, be available. Be available to the Holy Spirit. Be, be available to what God asks of you. Um, I think this is probably like one of the hardest ones for me because I'm like, I have a plan and I really want to just do my plan because that's what I'm expecting. But if you look in scripture and when like when Jesus was walking the earth and doing his public ministry, more than 75 like 75% of his like recorded miracles were all interruptions. 
like he was all like he was always on his way somewhere, and then he'd stop, and the disciples, like the apostles, were like, we got places to be, we have like people to meet, we got like we got things to see and people to see, like meet. But like they were all interrupt, like most of them were interruptions, and so I just want to like ask for the grace to be so available and so like interruptible. I don't even know if interruptible is a word, but like just be like interruptible and be available. Um, and like some of the most powerful interactions I've ever had were like so inconvenient. I was like, I'd be walking somewhere, I'm like, like the Lord just like that person, and they need to know this. And I'm walking, I'm like, you have to be absolutely kidding me. Like it was wild. Like we um, when we were flying back from like from Seek at St. Louis, I was on the floor of the, the airport sleeping, and then I had to wake up and get on the, on the plane, and I just remembered, like, before I fell asleep, the Lord told me, he goes, Ellie, the person to your right of the plane, I need you to invite them into a relationship with me and ask how their prayer is. I'm like, that is so awkward. And I was like, okay. And so I'm like, it's been so clear, I cannot disobey you, but, like, I just came off of, like, I just, like, came off of, like, I don't even know how long my nap was off the, like, airport floor and it took me like 15 minutes to even come to my senses and I was like I have to like have a, like a conversation about this with a stranger yay and so it was so much fun and so I got on the, on the plane and I like sat down and I, I remember that and I'm looking to the person right and I'm like oh my gosh this is gonna be so awkward but I like looked and I was like wait a minute I recognize them and I didn't really know this person well because we went with a pretty decent group I went with KSU um but I was <laughs> yeah. Um, but I was like, I like know their face and I think I know their name. And I was like, yo, this is kind of like, I just have to ask you. Like, I just got to ask you. And I asked him, like, how's, how's your prayer life? Because I'm like, obviously, he knows that the Lord wants to be in a relationship with him. And I asked him, like, how's your prayer life? And he was like, that's, that's really funny you ask because I've been struggling with prayer for like two weeks really, really bad recently. And I was like, oh. That's awesome. Thank you, Jesus. And so we just started talking about like prayer and like different habits or whatever and all these different things. And he turns to me, he's like, Ellie, I don't think you know this, but like I'm not Catholic. And I was like, oh, let's keep talking. I'm like so I'm like so asleep, y'all. I'm like so asleep. I'm like, oh yeah, let's let's get it. And so I had to have this like beautiful conversation with this brother that like I didn't really know at first. But just because I was obedient and like stepped into like the uncomfortable and the awkwardness, like there was beautiful transformation in relationship there. And like I think the enemy loves the word awkward. He loves that word. He eats it up because it's like it stops us from doing so much. Like imagine, I just want you to picture this. Like, what would my life look like if if I didn't care about how awkward it was to spread the gospel? I'm not sure, but my life would look so different. Like, if you just imagine, what would it look like if, if being awkward and uncomfortable didn't stop me, how many people would know him, and, like, how many heart, people's hearts would change? Okay, that was number five. So, one, let your heart break. Two, know your advocate. Three, always have an ear to heaven. Four, read scripture and know the gospel well. Five, be available. Six, do something about it. Yay! I once read this book. Um... It was called like Dream Bigger by Dan Dimite. It's really great, but I read it. This was the first page, and he's like, "Yeah, when you've encountered the um, when you like when you've encountered the Lord, like it propels you to mission. So do something about it." And I read it. I closed the book and I never read it again because I was like, "I don't want to do anything. It's so awkward. It's so uncomfortable." And so I kid you not, I still haven't picked up the book. But like the Holy Spirit has taught me so much more than a book could ever teach me, anyway. So like plot twist but it's like i had read like do something about it and i was like that's cute nope and i never touched it again. <laughs> and so, like, 
If you, if you wait till you're ready to go on mission, y'all, we're never gonna do mission, ever. Like nothing is going to get done if you wait till you're ready or you feel like you're ready. Um, and like you can always go back, like even if you are in a place of doing ministry and doing mission and you're actively living that out, like always go back to the well. Like you can do a lot. Remember identity comes first, but like you can do a lot, but always come back to the well to rest. He cares about your rest. He doesn't just care about what you do. He cares about you even more. Um, but yeah, knowing God is your first priority. And like if you look at Paul's life, like St. Paul's life, he just like did stuff. Like he just like went everywhere. I was reading about this and I was like, like what the heck are you doing, man? Like, oh my gosh. Like he's like, yeah, I'm going to Corinth and then I'm going to like this place and then I'm going to like wherever in this place. And he just stays with these like Christians that live nearest to the synagogue and like argues with people. Like it's like nice arguing. We don't like argue well today, but it's like he like just goes and he like debates with people and he just did stuff like he didn't like knowing the will of God is not supposed to be a mystery. Like it's not supposed to be like, do my will. Here's a riddle. Like it's, he doesn't do that. That's not who he is. But it's like, he, like knowing the will of God is not supposed to be a mystery. And Paul, I'm sure like, I'm sure he prayed a lot and did all the things, but like, I'm not sure if he was like, what is like all the details you want me to do? And just prayed really hard. And then he didn't do anything until he knew exactly what he needed to do. Like he heard one prompt. He's like, like, okay, Lord, like, what do I do? He's like, go to Christ. He's like, let's go. And then, like, he just, like, went. Like, he never, like, he never, like, waited for perfect instruction. So it's, like, sometimes we say, like, oh, my, my prayer is so dry. And, like, God doesn't want to talk to me more. That's a lie. And, like, all these different things. It's, like, but when God speaks to you, go. Like, you have to go. Like, if you're, like, if you are yearning that much for the voice of the Lord, and when he speaks, you better go and do it. Um, and really, really fun things happen. Um, and then seventhly, that was six. Number seven, give thanks constantly, constantly. So when you're in the mission field and you have that really awkward conversation and they reject you and then you're like, wow, that didn't turn out well. Thank you for that conversation. When like people rebuke, rebuke you, like thank you for that. Thank you for that rebuke actually, Lord, because it teaches me how to live like you and how to suffer like you. And it unlocks a part of his heart that we never had before. <laughs> and it's like, thank him for every undercut comment, for every failure, for every, like, every, like, high, every, like, every valley, every mountaintop moment, everything. This was a really, the really funny conversation I had with um, one of my, one of my good friends. And we had just, like, been formed together about, like, what the, what the charisms were about, like, that, oh my gosh, God actually is powerful enough to, like, work healing miracles. Yes, obviously it is. And we were just, like, coming to that realization. And actually, like, practicing and doing something about it. And he came up to me. He's like, Ellie, I'm, like, really discouraged. And I was like, oh, my gosh, what's happening? And he was like, I, I've only seen, like, a partial miracle. And I was like, what the crap does that mean? A partial miracle? I was like, it's only partial, but I can't explain how it happened. Like, I want to see. He was like, I really just want to see, like, a complete miracle. I'm like, get it through your head. It's a miracle. Like, open your eyes, brother. I, I think I actually did say that. I was like, open your eyes! And I was like, and he was like, wait, okay, yeah, okay. But it was like, but I was like, what do you mean, like, a partial miracle? And he forgot to give thanks in that moment. And when we forget to give thanks for something, like, when we give, when we forget to give thanks for what we think is a partial glory, like, we don't count it as glory anymore, and we miss him. We miss God in that moment. We miss that place of encounter in that moment. We miss it all when we're spiritually blind to it. So, like, give thanks to, like, give thanks for everything. 
And um, personally, I've been in like a lot of situations where, um, oh wow, I need to wrap up. Um, but where um, I was like, I feel so stuck and I feel like I'm not doing enough. Admission isn't doing anything. It's not working. I'm not whatever. I'm just really discouraged. And I called a friend and I was like, I feel so stuck. And she was like, have you thanked him for that yet? Have you thanked him for like being stuck? And I was like, why would I do that? I was like, oh my gosh, why would I do that? And she's like, just try it. Just say like, Lord, thank you for letting me be stuck and thank you for letting me stay and just to like st- like be still for a minute. And like, thank you for like those rebukes. Thank you for that person who said like, I hate everything you're preaching and all that stuff. True story. And it was like all these different things. And like, like just thank him. Thank him for that undercut from from your brother and it's like oh I got three older ones by the way I know what it's like and um he's like just thank him for that and and I was like okay so I started thanking him for that anyway and I was like wow that hurt my feelings but thank you Jesus thank you so much for the struggle thank you that I get to get a piece of your heart I didn't have before and everything changed like everything changed I wasn't like sad anymore because I was like everything is just like oh my gosh it's not what I thought it was so I'm not doing anything right. Nothing's working. But it's because I thanked him and actually gave him space to move. Um, so really, really quickly, game plan. Because you're not getting out the hook with this one. Um, like, if we're going to talk about it, let's do something about it, right? So game plan. This is your other list. Um, in, in scripture, it says, go and make disciples. So we're going to go make disciples of all nations. This is going to be great. But I have, like, four, five. <laughs> I have five. Um, questions I want you to write down and even before like even if it's not within this talk (laughs) I don't even know if I'm allowed to do this like before you even like leave the building I need you to fill it out or as much as you can even like even if it's like after this is or whatever so game plan first thing to do where are we going because he says go it makes sense where are we going go where what are we talking about and so where go where are we going and um so I first want to ask you, like, Lord, where do you want me to go? Where is my nation? Um, I just recently watched the movie again in Kanto. It's so fun. Yeah, my fans. And Mirabelle's like, I'm going to go save the miracle. And she gets to the door. She's like, where am I going? And like, how do I do that? And I was like, don't be Mirabelle. Don't be her. Because she doesn't have a game plan. So don't be her. Um, so where are you going? First place. Go where? Where are we going? Yep. Um, second one. Who is your nation? Who are you going to? So we can know where we're going, but like who specifically, what is our community? Um, and when you when you know who your community is, go and love your nation. Like with everything you have. Like go and love your nation. Um, it could be your workplace, it could be your campus, it could be your old campus, it could be your family, um, right outside the doors of these cathedral. Like it could be in New York, in China, I don't know. My first nation was in Ohio, like we're talking about. Yeah, and so it's like wherever he tells you to go, go and love them and um it's it's so fun because it's like i know a lot of people they're like oh, okay this is my nation i'm supposed to go here but community is just like not it and i was like you're not even from a community either so just love them anyway and so the third question um so where are we going who is your nation third question lord what is your dream for my nation and your people and allow him to dream where that is and when we're in this question, take yourself, like your, your role's coming later, take yourself out of it for a minute. Like take yourself out of like, what am I doing about it? Where am I in the situation? Take yourself out of the equation for a minute and just say, Lord, what is your dream for them?
Because his dreams are way bigger than you. Amen? Amen. Okay. <coughs> Sorry. Um, fourth question. Who's your team slash community? Who's running with you? Who's going with you? Um, like in Genesis, <laughs> like he creates Adam and he says, it is not good for man to be alone. Like from the beginning of creation, he sees that it's not good for us to be alone and like running solo. Because like we, we need community. Um, also like community and mission, like go hand in hand and build up each other. Like when you go on a mission trip or like you're in community, say you're on a mission trip and you like meet all these people, like they don't really sit down and be like, let's community build. They're like, no, let's go on the street and do something about it. And then community starts to build. And then it's like, if you're, um, and then it's, yeah, if you're going on mission, your community starts to build. And if you're in community, it's really hard not to go on mission with those people. Cause it's like, where are we going? Like, there's just something wired in us that like, we have to like go and do something about it and we have accountability. Um, the next one is what is your role in this then? So just ask the Lord, what do you want me to do about it? What do you want me specifically to do about it? What are the gifts in my life that you want me to use that maybe you've never even like seen before? Okay, so yeah, that's your game plan. So living out the reality of our baptism, it means something, it's real, it's a reality, it's not just cute. Secondly, we find like identity is so important in mission. Who is God? Because we have to preach that like when we go and make disciples on nation. What are we preaching? Like, we have to know who the Lord is to go and spread the gospel. Um, and then from that, we know who we are. And then we get to share with people, like, the truth and their identity. Because, like, you look around, there's so many. Like, it's all disordered out there. It's all disordered. Um, and then going through those seven points. Um, but when when you let the Holy Spirit, just, like, when you give him space, he, like, takes over. Like, crazy. He takes over. Um, but I just, I encourage you to, like, give him space. And I want to, like, testify to a few things. Um, of when I, when I gave him space, he started doing, like, he just started bringing heaven down. And I was like, I, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> this is awesome, but I don't know what's happening. Um, so I want to just share some testimony of when I, when I let the Lord, and my, when I let, like, the Holy Spirit um, move. So this was back in high school. Um, I've seen, like, a teenage boy. He was deaf since birth, and his hearing aids, and his hearing was completely restored. And he no longer needed his hearing aids anymore. And he's talking about, he's probably like 16. So it's like I've seen like the, the, the actual gospel come to life through the Holy Spirit. And he promises that. Like he says that. Like the Holy Spirit is what's going to like, like the gospel makes the gospel alive. Because like the word is living and well. The Holy Spirit is living and well. Um, there is a, um, it was like one of, the, one of the most shy kids I ever had to disciple. Uh, not had to. That's mean. I got to disciple. Um, I, she was like one of the most shy kids I've ever met in my life. And like the Holy Spirit works through like charisms. Char charisma just means like to receive free like gifts freely. Like just saying like, Lord, I don't care how you show up. I just care that you show up. And then he gives really good gifts. But um, one of them is like words of knowledge. So one of the most shy kids I ever had, I was, um, I got to, I got to disciple. We were like in a talk and she like barely talked to me. And the guy, like whoever was speaking, was like, "Who can name the fruits of the Holy Spirit?" And her hand shot up, and she just yelled all of them in order, perfectly, without a stutter. And she looked at me. She was, "Elliot, I've never said that in my life before." And I was like, "Oh, wow, okay." And so it's like the Holy Spirit literally just gave her words of knowledge and spoke them out loud. And I, she, she didn't really talk to me that much after that either because she was that shy. And so she was like. 
she was like, I've never said that before. And I was like, well, can you can you say them again? And she's like, I don't think so. And then she just listed them all out again. I was like, oh my gosh, okay. Like, okay, Holy Spirit, I've never seen that in my life before. Um, <laughs> recently, I, I got to pray with like a dear friend of mine who had like a hairline fracture and a bunch of like torn ligaments. Um, we prayed and nothing really happened. And I just shared like a word with her. And it just like, it just like touched her heart like really deeply. And she's just like, she's moving her foot. She's like, that's interesting. I was like, define interesting. Like, what does that mean? And so she's like moving it. She's like, no, something's different. And she was walking on it. She had like a brace and she was like walking without a limp at like full speed before she was like not walking very fast at all. And she could walk like full speed without a limp. And she had like a really beautiful like moment with the Lord. And she was like, I actually kind of want my suffering back because I want to know another piece of your heart. And he gave it back to her. And so that was insane. Um, I had like, there's like, you know, those little ladies at church that come and they're like, you're really canonized and like, you're so holy. Like some of them just like because of the witness that I allow the Holy Spirit to come in my life and just change. These like little ladies came up to me and they're like, Ellie, I've been Catholic for like 80 something years and you have something I don't. Like, what is that? And I was like, oh my gosh, sit down. I was like, sit down. But it's like, what, like, it like, it like boggled my mind. Like, how do you, what do you mean? And the Holy Spirit was just like moving and working. Um, so we're actually going to go into a short um, time of prayer ministry. So if you don't know what prayer ministry is, um, it's basically praying with people. It's like you're interceding with them, like in your room by yourself, but we're actually like with them and using our words out loud. It's like the exact same. It's really easy. You got it. Um, so we're going to go after um, different lies that we like experience in mission, like in the mission field of like, of like what's stopping us. And so how we're going to do this, um, I'll, I'll lead us through a series of lies or blocks that we're believing uh, that have stopped us from going on a mission. Um, but I'm going to ask everyone to like stand up. Um, you can go ahead and stand up now. And I'm going to go through, it's like, I'm going to be like about three lines and just anything that the Holy Spirit says. And if any of these like resonate with you, I want you to like raise your hand and then the people around you, you can just come and with their permission, just like lay a hand on their shoulder or their arm and just like a physical sign of your spiritual support. Um, and again, if you've never prayed with people, super easy. It's like you're praying with them in your room by yourself in an intercession, but you're just saying it out loud. And like, let's use this as like a way to dig in into the awkward and the uncomfortable. And like, let's start mission in the room now. So the first lie um, that I want to go after, it's a spirit of unwantedness. Um, when I was praying for y'all, there was like, there's a spirit of like, I'm not wanted. Um, because in mission, the Lord doesn't need you. He wants you. That's just the truth. Um, and so, like, before we go out on mission, maybe that's a life you're believing. I'm a spirit of unwantedness. You can just go ahead and raise your hand. Don't be shy. Um, and just, like, we're going to just pray for, like, a new spirit of adoption. And if none of you are showing up this life, hallelujah! That's amazing. But please don't be shy. Um, if you're like, Lord, I don't feel desired by you, that you don't want to use me.
Lord, teach us what it means to be wanted, to be desired by you. Lord, I ask that a new spirit of adoption comes and just fills their hearts. Lord, from the top of their head to the bottom of their feet, let your holy and sacred blood just run over them, Lord, that they have a deeper revelation of your love and what it means to be loved by you, that you died specifically just for them, for their wounds, and that you know their hurt and their pain. Come, Holy Spirit. I speak to any spirit that is not of the Lord, any spirit of unwantedness, be gone in Jesus' name. You do not belong here. You do not belong in a daughter of Christ and a son of Christ. You have no place here. Holy Spirit, I ask that you just fill that gap and with rushing water, with your blood, with your breath, that they have a new spirit of adoption and wantedness. Amen. All right, we're going to go to the next one. Um, anyone who has gone into mission and has like been hurt um, by either like their ministry team or their missionary team, anyone who has been discouraged in the mission field, like maybe you tried and it kind of beat you up and you're not going to do it again. Um, anyone who's like just been discouraged by their family, like this is never going to happen. They're never going to accept it. Um, anyone dealing with discouragement, you can just go ahead and raise your hand. Awesome. Okay, and then the others around it, we're just going to go and intercede and pray for them. Lord, I ask that you just come and you just open up heaven right now, Lord. It said that hope is a glimpse of eternity. So, Lord, I ask that you show us what eternity looks like. With an open heaven above us, I, I just ask that you show us how to hope again. That old wounds will be touched by your loving hand, by your holy anointing, healing oil, Lord. And he's just saying, if it's um, specifically people who hurt you, um, he, he apologizes on behalf and he says, I'm sorry. That mission is supposed to look different. Community is supposed to look different. You're not made for that. You're made for something greater. So any spirit of discouragement, I cast you out in Jesus' name. Be gone. You have no place here. And we take your authority away. And we give the authority back to Jesus. Show us heaven, Lord. Show us how to hope. Just have an image of like 
the Holy Spirit like pushing out all the fear. Like there is no room for fear anymore. And fear has to bow in Jesus' name. So I speak to any fear of losing your reputation, be gone in Jesus' name. The Lord has greater plans for them and we cancel your assignment. And Holy Spirit, you have authority in our lives. We ask that um, any spirit of fear that of losing our friends and our family be gone in the most holy, precious name of Jesus. And I have a feeling for the people who are scared of losing their friends and family, there's a special anointing on your life that the Holy Spirit is going to show you what it means to be a companion to Him. And you're going to learn friendship in a new way that was better than you've ever known before. And that you're even better than you can imagine. And Lord, I ask just for a supernatural comfort to come upon their life and a new peace. Come Holy Spirit, we just consecrate our hearts for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of you. Lord, I thank you for these missionaries in the room. I thank you for what they are already doing and what they will do. Also keep us faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ forever and ever. Amen. 